Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting advice and guidance in your ear. Zweig Group's team of experts have spent more than three decades elevating the industry by helping AEP and environmental consulting firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver invaluable management, industry, client, marketing, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts, elevating the design industry one episode at a time. Hey, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and man, it is so good to be back in the saddle here. Uh, I'm I'm excited to to bring you some really great content on a regular basis, even though we are in different times. As I record this, we are in early April 2020 as we are dealing with this coronavirus pandemic and you know, we've had a couple of really good episodes to talk about how firms are, are dealing with the pandemic, how we are kind of approaching and embracing what I'd like to call the new normal. And uh, today uh, is a special day because I, I've asked the founder of Zwei Group, Mark Zweig himself, to come on the podcast and talk with us a little bit about just how a design firm in this day and age deals with a pandemic uh, like we've never seen before, because I don't think there is a playbook for this. And so without further ado, Mark Zweig, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man, for an old man. <laughs> you're not that old. So <laughs> you're, you're only you're only a decade older than me. So I don't I don't want to hear about old age just yet. Maybe we could talk about that in another 10 years or so. But um, but no, it's, it's let me to- add an old man with a dec- a continually declining bank account. Right. Now. <laughs> yeah, I think all of our bank accounts are continually declining. <laughs> so that's for sure. But at least we can't go out and spend any money, although Amazon is uh, is still taking orders, unfortunately. And that's kind of the bane of my existence right now. So, exactly. I yeah. hear you. Yeah. So, well, good. it's good to have you back on the podcast. As you know, we resurrected the Zweig Letter podcast. And, and uh, I'm just excited, um, even though we're in you know a very difficult and serious time right now, um, just to kind of talk with you about your take on things. You've seen this industry for almost four decades now. And that does date you, that statement. It but is actually four decades. It is. Yeah. So... Yeah. But but the reality is you've never seen anything like this. No. And I'd, I'd be curious to know your thoughts. And I know that you are 
you have your fingers on the pulse of what's happening because you have a lot of friends that are leaders and and owners in the space. And you're you've, I'm sure you talk to a lot of people. You've probably talked some people off a ledge that were worried or concerned about what what is what. But um, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on um, just currently where we are right now and and uh, how y- your recommendation for leaders that need to see their firms through this difficult road. Yeah, I am talking with a lot of people. I mean, it's, you know, one good aspect of this whole thing is you actually do have time to talk to people because yeah. there's not much else you can do uh, right. other than talk. But, um, you know, the truth of, the, uh, uh, of it is, I think there are a lot of things firms can do. And if you really start looking at this business, we are lucky in the sense that, Many of the companies in the AE business have significant backlogs in longer-term projects and projects with government agencies and projects with large, you know, Fortune 1000 companies. And, and so, you know, not all of the work is going away um, by any stretch of the imagination. Now, there are some sectors that are really being hit hard. Um, you know, one of the clients that uh, that I work with, or some good friends of mine, they they have a firm that serves the hotel market. I mean, that's a tough market to serve right now. There's no question they're going to take a hit in their workload, even though it's not all gone away either. Um, so it really depends on the firm and and what the situation is as far as the type of work they do. But most companies have experienced some kind of decline in workload and some projects put on hold. In some cases, it's a lot. In other cases, it's not so much. But I think the important thing right now, well, there's a lot of important things. I mean, the first thing I would know is what are your costs? What are your real monthly costs? What's it going to take to break even? And get a really good revenue projection going forward, being very conservative, to try to figure out with the resources you have, cash and credit, how many months can you go? And anything you can do to extend out that number of months that you can go with this reduced income level is a good thing. So, you know, there are some sources of money out there. The PPP funds under the CARES Act can give some companies as much as $2 million, my understanding is. Um, We've got the economic disaster uh, recovery loans um, direct from the SBA. And then we've got the, um, in, here in Arkansas, we have a program called the Quick Action Loan Program. It's essentially a grant of up to 25000 So you got to make sure you do all the things to get all the money that you can get at low interest rates or money that will be forgiven. And then the other thing you got to do is talk with your banks. I mean, my understanding is the SBA right now is doing things like extending out the terms on 7A loans, reducing interest rates. Uh, you know, uh, banks are doing the same thing on a wide variety of loans that they have. So, you know, you got to do everything you can to extend out that number of months that you can go uh, before you're in trouble. And because this thing could be a long thing. And I think it's, you know, we're not going to lose all of our work and it's not, the the market's not going to be a complete disaster. We're probably better than many other industries. I mean, I hate to be in the restaurant business today. Yeah. I hate to be in the retail car business today. I mean, I think that would be a horrible business. 
you're going to see some big changes there. But the AE business, you know, we just need to pare our costs down and get all the cash and credit we can in one place. That's a start. You know, I think the second thing, if you look at AE firms in particular, Randy, we have a problem in this business in that we don't usually act very quickly. Uh, you know, most of the time, these, these economic uh, uh, problems tend to creep up over time. So we've got a little more time to sort of get used to what we have to do to respond. It's a more gradual um, decline than what we just experienced over the last four weeks or so. But the fact is this, um, you know, we've got to act much quicker in terms of dealing with things that we can deal with. And so, you know, I've recommended to many companies that they implement across the board pay cuts, uh, particularly for their top people, but maybe across the board for everybody. But, you know, anytime the firm makes the money in the following month um, that it needs to make, um, they could pay that, that back. Yeah. You know, there's no law that says I can't give you a 10% pay cut, but restore it next month, providing we make enough money to do so beyond our break-even point. So, I mean, I think you need to look at some of those things right now, whereas I'm not a big fan most of the time of those kinds of changes because the job market's not, you know, it's not great. You're, you have a lot less likelihood that your people are going to leave during this crisis and go to another company yeah much riskier for them and the companies aren't hiring like they were so you know now's the time to do these things get that break-even point down and then you know beyond that i mean look you and i both know you've been doing this a long time too most of these companies have too many principals that have retired on the job and I mean, I, I just hate to say it, but you know, I'm thinking about one company right now that I know of. It's got 11 partners. And believe me, half of them need to go. I mean, when I say they need to go, I mean, they're not billing, they're not selling, and they're not doing. They're not managing anybody. Um, they're just there, and they're taking out a disproportionate uh, amount of money for what they contribute. And we just can't go on like that anymore. Maybe when we're all fat, <laughs> and, you know, we've got these huge uh, uh, profits that we've been making in this industry and things just keep getting better and better. We can afford that kind of fat, but we can't do it now. We've got to confront everything, drive the break even point down, extend out the months that we can survive until things turn around and they will turn around. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I, I just took a page page worth of notes, and I'm sure people listening to this is that information is going to be really helpful to them. Um, and, and you know, it's, a lot of the stuff that you're saying are things that that at Zwei Group we've been saying for years when we do strategic plans, and the fact that you should take out uh, when credit is available, you should take advantage of it exactly. and, and and access that kind of money. I've heard you say that. A yep. million times I've heard Jamie Claire Kaiser and Chad Kleinen say that and so many others. I mean, that's always been the mantra. And nowadays, as you said, I mean, money is is is, is somewhat available, uh, even yeah. even in the yeah. industry that you mentioned. You, you mentioned the car industry. I've seen more zero percent interest, 84 month loans than I've ever seen well, before in my life. Doing, so they're doing it because they're desperate. They're not. Oh, I know. I know. Right now. I mean, just think about the overhead 
first off, they operate on a really slim margin in the first place, car right. dealers do. Right. And they got all that overhead from their locations, which are expensive and big and all the people and then all those vehicles floor planned. Oh, it would be terrible. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're going to see like the automakers will cut half their brands and half their, their products in, in the next year. I'll bet you anything. Yeah. It's going to be a major reduction of offerings. Yeah. But anyway, back on our industry, and I love talking about cars anytime. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> you know, I mean, the other thing I think companies need to do is they need to get on the freaking phone. Their partners need to be talking to clients and potential clients all day long for two or three days out of every week. I mean, now is the time. Find out what your clients are doing, what their problems are how they're responding to this situation, what their needs are, whether you can currently provide them or not, you know, really get in tune with those clients. And I think if you did that, if people would actually stay on the phone eight or 10 hours a day, two or three days out of the week, the top people, they would learn so much and it would be so valuable. Everybody else they talk to, they can share some of what they're learning with. They'll be a resource. They'll form new relationships. They'll get new work. They'll figure out what their offerings really need to be. You know, what services they need to provide um, to their markets. I mean, there's just so many benefits to it. It's not going to be business as usual where we all just sit back and somehow the leads come in in excess of the amount of work that we can actually do which has been the case for probably the last eight or 10 years for most companies in this business. You gotta get much more aggressive in your personal selling and get tuned in. And so that's the thing I would be doing. I would just be staying on the phone. And unfortunately, I'm afraid most of the people I know are not doing that yet and they need to be doing it. Yeah. You know, and, and the other thing I see design firms doing, and again, I, you know, I'm going to be critical, but it's only a, out of a desire to help. Way too much social media on, here's our new logo to promote social distancing. Uh, you should be social distancing. Here's what it says about going out. I mean, not to say these things aren't important. I'm not saying I'm not yeah. going out without a, a mask on. I'm not going anywhere that I don't need to go. I'm social distancing. Got my here's my workspace at home. Here's my dog. Here's my cat. Here's my cat on my computer in my workspace. Uh, you know, uh, uh, here's the meal that we just prepared. Isn't it fantastic? Here's the trip we went on two years ago. Don't we wish we could do that again? I mean, get off of that stuff and start putting out some original information that shows your insight into the markets that you serve and give some helpful information to clients as to how to deal with their problems. I mean, honestly, it's driving me mad. It all looks the same. You know, you just see it over and over and over again. Or here's some pretty pictures of projects we did five years ago. Let's act as if nothing's changed. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense either. You know? Yeah. So it's, they need to stop delegating their social media to 24-year-old marketing coordinators. And instead, the top people need to take that back under their wing, under their direction, even if they don't know how to use the tools that the younger people do know how to do. That's why they end up in the job and start putting some good content out there. 
I'd be surveying customers. I'd be doing polls. I'd be talking to people every day. I guarantee you, you know, yes, there will be a smaller market. It doesn't mean that you have to go down as an individual firm. If you kick up the selling activity right now and do some intelligent marketing, I think you could, you know, and cut your cost, you'll be able to survive to another day and then be in a great position when everything turns around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right about that. And I love the idea about just providing some helpful insight and some tips about how the marketplace that you serve as a design professional, you can give them insight and some ideas about ways that they can combat this, you know, this current environment (coughs) that we're in. So um, I think that's, that's really, um, that's really important. And I like the other thing that you said about relationship building and getting out there and just getting on the phone. And it's not always with this, with this idea that you have an ask, right? It's not like you have your hand out. Sometimes it's just connecting with people just to make contact. You understand that. I mean, you've always been like that. And, you know, the result of that is you've known people and maintained these relationships for a long time. Exactly. And that's very, very important. And you learn from all those people. And then you don't need to divulge any confidences when you, you know, you don't want to share any proprietary information, but you can share plenty of information that's not um, with people that shows you know what the hell's going on out there via resource be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I'd be curious to know what your thoughts on. I know, I know historically what you've, how you have viewed remote working and now that we're fully involved in it, what, what are your thoughts about remote working as it presently stands? I mean, because it's, it's now out of a necessity. Sure. Uh, the challenge that I see for our industry is that you've got, you've kind of, you've, it's, it's like Pandora's box. You've opened it up. Now it's going to be really difficult. And I'm sure there are firm leaders out there. Matter of fact, I know there are that are really concerned about that because they're thinking, man, now 70% of my my workforce is working from home now. And there's probably at least 30 or 40 or maybe even 50% of these folks that are going to want to remain like that. Or 100% is working. Or 100%, right. And and, and the question that you have to ask is, well, A, have my revenues changed at all? Am I able to continue to put out the same amount of work I was putting out before? I mean, there are yeah. a lot of factors that come into play. And I know you have yeah. evolved in your thinking, but I'd, I'd love for you to kind of share your thoughts about this and well, maybe some advice that you would have for firm leaders when it comes to this area. Not, I'm not sure I have any great advice other than I will share an observation. Don't count on your productivity to be the same as it was when everybody was working in an office. And you, you already alluded to that. I mean, it's not going to be the same. You're going to see a 20, 25% reduction of productivity is my guess. I could be wrong, but I'm going to guess that. So many distractions at home. Okay. Some people will really embrace it and they'll do even better. But a lot of people are going to be very distracted, not put in an honest day's worth of work. And so it concerns me. You do lose a lot of the buzz and the communication that you would have when everybody's working in an office. So I do think prior to this, there may have been a trend you saw, at least in some of the high tech companies, of reversing yeah. uh, this trend of working from home. So, But you're right. It's never going to be the same again. Companies are going to go back. They're going to need less office space in general. I wish I didn't own office and retail because neither one of those is going to be great. 
Um, so we're going to need less office space. The only saving grace for office space may be that the office space we have is going to have to be a lot less dense. So we may have less people in it, but we'll have, uh, you know, more space per person after this thing is over. Um, that could be, you know, the result of it. But um, I don't have the answer as to what that, that you know, it's going to be a challenge. There are going to be some people who want to continue to work like this. We'll have to have very good and clear ways to measure their productivity to decide whether or not that individual, specific individual, can work from home or not. Yeah. And there's also been some silver linings in, in all of this that we, I guess we've experienced. I know you said you lost in your most recent uh, Zweigletter article, you said you lost about five pounds. Uh, just yeah, because yeah. you're you're getting into a little bit more of a, <laughs> a, a regular uh, habits of exercise and all this other good stuff, um, you know, I think one of the things, and you could correct me if you think I'm wrong, but but I, I think this would be there's never been a better time for firm leaders as well as for everybody else to encourage personal and professional development. Yes, um, and and I don't know what your thoughts are about that specifically. You're right. I mean, this, people have the time to do it. And so I think you're absolutely right. I think smart people are going to say, Hey, now here's my chance to learn something new. Yeah. You know, I can tell you my wife and I both become a heck of a lot better cooks through all this. (laughs) But no, seriously there, it's funny you say that because, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I've seen her, she wants to subscribe to some program that, um, a subscription learning program so she can learn all kinds of obscure new stuff. I think if you're intelligent, this is a great time to figure out how to use that software. We certainly are using the collaboration tools a lot better than we ever did. Yeah. I mean, it's putting a strain on the IT infrastructure that these companies have. Yeah. But we are learning, and it is a good time to, to, to uh, you know, do some self-improvement. So, yeah, there's a lot of good that's going to come out of it. People are spending time with their families that they never spent. You know, they're eating better because they're not eating out all those meals. They're exercising more. They're reflecting more on what they want to do with the rest of their lives. There's going to be some positive stuff that actually comes out of this. But, you know, on the other hand, we're not going to have a recession. When I hear people talk about a recession, honestly, it makes me laugh. We're going to have a depression. That's what we're headed into. You'll see 30% plus unemployment. The next time the unemployment numbers come out, I'm going to make a prediction that it's 15 to 17%, okay? And it's going to go to 30, 32% uh, is what's going to happen. And, um, you know, it's it, it, we're not going to just bounce back immediately. I don't think it's got to be like the depression we had in, in the stock market crash back in, in, in uh, 29, but uh, was it 28 or 29? Two, two, uh, 2008. 2008. No, 19. Oh, you, oh no! I'm sorry. Yeah, you mean the real one? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was 1929. The stock market yeah. crash, and uh, yeah, that just changed everything. We're, we're not going to. Ha- I mean, I don't think it's going to be as you know. Although unemployment was actually lower then than it's going to be this time. Yeah, but, uh, I think a great deal of it depends on how much money the government, the federal government, pumps back into the economy. If they can keep the money flowing and everybody's not broke when things are clear again, then a lot of these businesses are going to bounce back quick. And, you know, as far as the AE business goes, again, most of the stuff that people do is on a longer time horizon than, you know, a month. 
yeah. or two months out. It's it, it's it, and these needs aren't going away. No, we still need water systems. We need. I mean, we're gonna have new bridges. Needs. Our public infrastructure yeah. is is in. I wouldn't say tatters. That but maybe that's too harsh of a word. But we we need. There, our public infrastructure in this country is crumbling, and and it takes design professionals to be able to help bring that back to restore order in that area. And so Absolutely, a lot of work. In I mean, health, healthcare. I mean, everything's going to go through a revolution. We're going to be repurposing retail and office. We're going to be redesigning office. We're going to be redesigning factories. We're going to need bigger warehouse and distribution centers, and we're going to need a lot more hospitals and better design health facilities of all kinds. I mean, they're just, you know, the needs aren't going to go away. They'll yeah. all be there. So, it, and, and what, you, you mentioned something earlier about the, you know, like certain industries that are going to really be hit hard. Um, what is your, advi- what has your advice been to those industries about either pivoting or, you know, figuring out other ways that they can provide value to their current client base um, in, in this, in this difficult time right now? Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good, good question. I mean, yes, you may need, and this may be an ideal time, um, you know, to add some people that have new market specialties that you don't currently have. I mean, if I was an architecture firm and I did retail and I did higher education uh, I might be thinking real hard about finding somebody who does uh, multifamily residential and somebody who does uh, healthcare uh, work quickly. Yeah, because you know you can see where certain markets are going to go. You know, I mean, it's just you got to be smart. And and now's the time. It may be a great opportunity to add some of these people that you might not be able to get otherwise. Um, but yeah, you, you've got to be thinking about some diversification. On the other hand, I do think too, you got to get on, you know, again, it's why you really need to be informed of what's going on with your clients. Yeah. Because a lot of facilities will be repurposed. Figure out how they're being repurposed, who is acquiring them or who is leasing them and what you can do to be on the front end. So you get the work to reposition the facilities that your market place clients have that are no longer useful you know Mm -hmm. i i think there's going to be some great opportunities there i really do yeah what fast i yeah i'm curious to know what you think about kind of like the collaboration workspaces kind of like the we work even though they just had most of their funding pulled from them which is that's a whole different story i still see value in that type of model uh, moving forward, right? If we go to more of a remote workspace situation where, you know, maybe I want to spin up an office in a certain a certain um, community because of the work that's there, I don't now have to go and build this whole grandiose office. I can hire one right. or two people that could be pivotal or vital to what I need and then, you know, use a collaborative workspace to kind of develop something. I mean, it may be, you know, it may continue to be a trend in the future. I, I know my wife is already to, uh, wanting to look into possibly repositioning some space we have for that exact purpose. So yeah. I, I think it's, it, it, sure, it's hard to say. I mean, honestly, it's really hard to say whether that's going to be something people want or they just don't want it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, you know, the other alternative is virtual meetings and, in in no office space i just don't know 
I still know? think there, I still, there's this aspect about it though. When you think about just the human interaction, I did a training at a WeWork space in Boston early last month before all the stuff hit the fan. And, um, as, as you know, it was right before they closed things down in Boston significantly, but I was still blown away by how slow things were in Boston of all places. And, you know, cause you've lived there, but I looked at this WeWork space and the thing that really, that I really liked was that there were just a bunch of different people from a lot of different businesses that were all in one, one location. And it's yeah. almost like, it's, it's like a, a new marketplace. You know? We have a lot of resources like that here in Fayetteville with the university, with our brewer entrepreneurship hub that people right. can use. Now the small business development technology center has a huge uh, space with private offices that people can can lease on short terms, or you know, so there's more and more of these things that are becoming available by the quote startup community and in sort of small business support community that are either entirely or mostly funded by public sources. So you know, I just don't know, Randy. It's hard to say. Definitely. Uh, the situation is going to change. There will be new opportunities and it's hard to say what they are. But if I was a firm right now, I'd be thinking real hard about what they're going to be. And I'd be talking to those clients, get their thoughts. And I'd be responding, not just saying, you know, we should add healthcare. And then that goes away for another two months. We come back together. You know, we should add healthcare. And then a year goes by, you know, I said last year we should add healthcare. We, you know, you can't operate like that. Yeah. Get on it, find somebody, make an offer, get them on board, try them out. If they don't work out, get somebody else. I mean, start acting a whole lot faster. Yeah. You don't have this luxury, these long time horizons to ramp up or, or uh, cut back. It's just not, you can't operate like that. I, I saw some tweet from some guy. It really got my juices flowing <laughs> he's like a, a, a former military slash entrepreneur slash tedx speaker and he's telling people don't act on those ideas entrepreneurs don't act on those ideas you had in the night come back together talk with your employees and put together a 90 to a, put together a plan over the next 90 to 120 days to implement like bullshit don't act on those ideas <laughs> what the heck 90 or 120 if you if you look at the data out there most businesses will be gone in 90 to 120 days if they don't act. right i mean come on it, 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 i love these these you know these one person operations who've only worked in the government who then tell us all how to run businesses with employees they've never experienced it are you talking about solopreneurs? I, I never liked that term either. I know, okay. I know. I if know, there I were know. such a thing, it'd be you, though, because right. you're in and so many different pies. Right. And I'll right. tell you, I, that's the way I want to operate myself today because yeah. I don't really want to deal with employees. But that doesn't mean, you know, that neither of us has ever worked in a sizable organization as a manager. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, anyway, it just drives me crazy. There. There's so many of these experts out there that are telling us what to do. And, and, you know, it's, we don't have answers, all the answers. There are some things though that make sense, like cut your costs down, kick up your marketing and selling activities. I don't think anybody can debate the merits of those two. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know? And I guess if there was ever an opportunity for you to kind of let, let go some dead weight, if there ever was some, yes. Yes. this is the time to do it. As hard as that sounds, it is. Um, it, it, it is very difficult, but, but the, 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 your, I think your, lo- your loyalty is to your people and you can't be loyal to your people if you can't allow the company to survive. Yeah, if the whole ship sinks, then everybody Forget dies. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, it's unfortunate, but it's true. Yeah, I always think of the image of the 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 band people playing on the Titanic as it was sinking, right? And they were yeah. they just they held tight. I mean, they were playing in the, in the movie. You could see them playing like literally to the last minute, and you don't want to be that last person holding the fiddle. And it's like, and then it's too late. So um, I I, I want to because I really appreciate you taking the time today to to sit with us and 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 kind of share your thoughts. I want to kind of just. Because I, I, I know that some people have this question, or maybe they're they're dealing with this, when it comes to identifying and or finding a, like a really high quality candidate that you might want to bring on board. Would your advice be to hold off on making any really strategic hires right now, or would you encourage a firm that if it fits right, or if it looks right, and if it's someone that's ideally what you're looking for, that you shouldn't delay hiring them just because of where we are currently in the marketplace? I would, I'd say you may need to act right now. It depends on who they are and what they do. If they're pure overhead and they're not related to marketing and selling, I might think twice about it. Right. right. There's somebody that brings a new client base to us or a new service that our clients desperately need or skill that we need to be able to deliver on stuff that we've already got. Of course, I want to add them. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think you can just have a blanket, well, we don't hire anybody now. If you're smart, that means we're not going to adapt at all to any changes in the marketplace. Right. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a great time. And, you know, maybe another six months from now, it'll be an even better time. (laughs) We're looking at these things. It may be a great time to buy companies in six or 12 months. Uh, Maybe a great time to buy companies in three months. I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. yeah. So do you think, you think there's going to be some consolidation in the industry with some firms kind of joining forces? Absolutely. It's inevitable. Yeah. Whenever you have these situations, look, there are a lot of companies in this business that are very thinly capitalized. They owe more on their accounts payable and, and other long-term obligations than they've got in cash and accounts receivable. They're going to be in trouble. Okay. They're going to need somebody to bail them out. So okay. yeah, absolutely. Owners may not be willing to take on more debt. They may not be able to get any more debt. They may not have the resources themselves to pump capital into the company. So there, no question, there are going to be firms out there. And there will be bargains for the people who are brave enough and have some dry powder left over who are smart about how they're running their businesses now. Absolutely. Yeah. I've talked with buyers recently. Who are big buyers, and and they're telling me that, yeah, I mean, they're they're not going to slow down. They're going to accelerate their buying yeah. in the next couple of years. That's what they see. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. And, and this is this is not even in the same market, but I've personally been looking at some small businesses locally that I'm like, man, this might actually be a good time to possibly buy something because. Um, there are going to be some people that are going to be looking to pivot or, you know, wanted to make an exit. I saw a statistic uh, some time ago that um, only two, two out of 11 small business owners are ever able to successfully sell their company. Does that sound about right to you? Doesn't strike me as uh, odd at all. When you look at how many go out of business. Yeah. 
yeah. or just simply shut down two yeah. out of seven, if anything, that seems fairly high. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. You know, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. I've looked at a lot of local small businesses myself. And so I'd be curious to talk with you about some of what you're finding. And I could tell you some of what we saw when we were doing it. Yeah, Most yeah. of the stuff we saw was overpriced relative to the money the owners were able to make and the time they invested in it. Yeah. And they all had needs to, for money to be spent on them on top of that, because they weren't investing in the stuff that they needed to invest in. Yeah. That's a huge generalization, but I'd say it holds true pretty much on most of what we saw. Yeah. The other thing is just the danger of getting into something you don't really know. Right. You know there's a lot of risk with that. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, that's, and, that, and that same could be said for design firms trying to buy into a different space, a different vertical within our design industry that you don't know and don't really have a full handle on, but you figure you're buying into something that will open up a new door to you. It may or may not if, if you don't do your homework. Yeah. And you don't get the right person or persons. Right. For right. sure that, you know, it's so critical. Yeah. Well, last thoughts, Mark, any last thoughts that you would have to share with, uh, with folks out there that, like you said, I mean, you, you used the D word. I wasn't going to go there. I was, I was using the R word for recession, but you <laughs> used the D word for depression. And, and I mean, that has to wake some people up. I mean, it, it is what it is. And I'm, I am under no illusion that things are ever going to be the same because they're not. And I, and as I was, and I, before I get your answer, I was telling somebody the other day that I could remember distinctly hearing my grandparents talk about things before 1930. So before the stock market crash and then what things were like during the depression and then what things were like afterwards. And I think it's important for us to understand that, you know, we'll never go back to the way things were. It's just yeah. going to be, it's, we'll have a new reality. And what that new reality is, is a lot of it is dependent upon those people listening to this podcast. If they decide to take the, take the um, reins and really get control of the situation to the best of their ability, they could end up really doing well. But I remember my grandfather saying very specifically, you know, there was a, you know, everybody took, got their pound of flesh taken from them during the depression, but we came out stronger because of it. And, and it's also, honestly, the, the depression came 10 years before World War II. And we needed that, we needed that punch in the face to allow us to even endure what we had to endure for the five years of, of World War II in the 40s. So you almost think of it, it's like, man, it's, what are we being set up for something? But I know, um, I just hope we don't have to have a war to get out. Well, of this yeah, war. no, and I'm, I'm certainly not <laughs> suggesting that, but I am <laughs> suggesting that our ability, our tireless resolve and ingenuity and workmanship and ability to ideate and come up with new things uh, was born out of that depression moment. That depression. No, I, I hear you. Yeah. This is going to be good uh, in the end, other than the people who die. Yeah, no, absolutely. People who lose people. I mean, obviously, that's, that's a real problem. Um, and nothing else is, compares to that. But from an economic standpoint, I do think that, you know, I, I hate this, this, this. Don't take this the wrong way, but I think we've been living a little too large. <laughs> you know, myself included. I mean, should we be going out to dinner five nights a week? I mean, no. it, really, it just no. doesn't make any sense. I mean, no. you don't need to live like that. Um, you know, it, it's just too much waste, too much stuff just flowing through the system, too much distraction, not paying attention to what's really important. And, and so, 
all those things I think will change now. And we are all going to have to work harder and longer to get out of this situation we're in. And, and, uh, you know, there's no assurance that as individuals, we're not going to suffer tremendous financial hardship as a result of all this. I, I, I think it's entirely possible. We're all going to be making less, you know, we're all going to be living on less. I mean, you've been a big advocate of that for a long time. I know you and you're very thrifty. Yeah. It's not like you just started doing that after this deal hit. I mean, you know, I, 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 I don't want to say I could predict this because I couldn't predict what happened. I never thought we'd have a pandemic, global pandemic. But I will say I have thought for the last two years we're going to have a recession. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful that we sold all of our apartments and condo, student-oriented condos and apartments, because I wouldn't want to be in that business today. I mean, that was before the pandemic. And so, you know, you got to pay attention. I mean, if people are too disconnected from what's really going on in the world, then unfortunately, I, I don't think that ignorance is bliss. I think it, it, it really, you know, you're not, you're not learning and, and adapting as you should to changes that, yeah. you know, like I said, you couldn't see this coming, but you could see a recession coming. Yep. I, I don't yep. think you had to be a genius to see that. Stock market's inflated, companies' P.E. ratios completely out of whack, you know. So we'll get back to some reality. And human nature being what it is, we'll probably make all the same mistakes all over again. (laughs) And the cycle will repeat. Right. You know? Yeah. Hopefully we'll have some safeguards in place. But yes, absolutely. We we, we tend to uh, look at ourselves in, in the mirror and then forget what we look like. So I'm telling you. And we don't do anything until we're forced into it. Yeah. It's yeah. the sad reality of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, you know? Yeah. But times will get better and times will get worse. Man. I mean, well, it, you know, it, it's just that's that's life. It is. It, it yeah. is for sure. Um, <laughs> if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to contact you? You can either text me or call me at 508-380-0469, or you can email me at mzweig, Z-W-E-I-G, at zweiggroup.com. There you have it. Well, man, Mark, thank you so much, as always. Uh, personal friend, but I really appreciate more that you're um, – your understanding and filter of this industry and and the lens that you see uh, it through. So thank you so much for taking time to be with us today on this wide letter podcast. I appreciate you too, Randy. Thank you. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of this wide letter podcast, Uh, my good friend and mentor and uh, just all around great guy, Mark Zweig. He had a lot to share today. I hope that this particular episode was helpful for you. I hope that you got a lot out of it. Uh, As always, I would certainly recommend that you go back and take a look at the Zweig letter. It's uh, a subscription-based newsletter that comes out once a week for the design industry. You can go to zweiggroup.com and just click on the Zweig letter link on there to subscribe for free. Uh, You can hear everything that Mark is talking about on a regular basis, as well as so many other industry professionals that have a lot of really great information to share.
there. Uh, if you need help or if you need anything with regard to uh, any type of consulting, especially in this difficult time, please reach out. Just visit zweigroup.com uh, and check in with any of the, uh, the Zwei Group leadership. They'll be more than happy to help you out. You can always reach me, uh, Wilburn at zweigroup.com. If I can help you out in any way, I'd be more than happy to do that. But um, that's all we have for this week. We will be back with a new episode very soon of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm Randy Wilburn, and I will see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Zweig Letter Podcast. We hope that you can be part of elevating the industry and that you can apply our advice and information to your daily professional life. For a free digital subscription to The Zweig Letter, please visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe to gain more wisdom and inspiration in addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today.